0: Hi, this is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering five conversations from Season 3, Episode 23, our discussion on the role patient advocates play in supporting all the various stakeholders in the Nash and NAFLD communities. This conversation starts with the duality between the cirrhotic patient and the metabolic patient and goes on to address a question I asked about how do you get both of those into the same box given the various constraints and needs. The answer seems to take two forms. Number one, focus on the truly sick with Achim and Andrew both talking about their involvement in patocellular carcinoma and particularly HCC related to NAFLD and NASH. Their other point is that when you cannot have national successes, you can work with local politicians and local governments, get local successes, and then feed them back to the national governments in their respective countries. In the end, What's interesting is that Achim and Andrew working in two different systems with what are in some ways two different perspectives, see such common set of issues and challenges in front of us. Now, it's only the U.S. and Germany, but I think that speaks well to the commonality of what our major organizations are trying to achieve and the value of everybody working together. As you will hear, patient advocates have a different point of view, but they are truly interesting people who play a critical role in the fatty liver ecosphere. So sit back, listen, enjoy, learn. And when you're done, join the dialogue on our LinkedIn discussion group.
1: Interestingly enough, on that point, there was a study released this week, which is a pan-European study, and Maud Le was the lead physician on the publication. They did it in mono-infected HIV with fatty liver, and they've come out the cap at 280 mm-hmm. with in comparison to MRI, PDFF, does quantify moderate to severe steatosis. So we are getting more evidence now at that cutoff point. We're nearly there.
0: So my question, Achim and Andrew, was going to be, if that's the world you live in, and... Of all the things you're talking about, and they're important, none of them are, here's what I can do for you next month. How do you make that tension work?
2: Maybe I I can start. So you know I like tactics. You know that I like to juggle. Um, and have different balls at the same time in the year. I founded last year a global movement. It is the International Liver Cancer Movement and GLI, you are a part of this and so thankful for that. And we have collected within one year more than 60 patient organizations ASLD, APASL, EASL is part, Global Public Health 6. Using the hook of liver cancer, as you said, Luis, is something that is absolutely helpful also to addressing Nafelg Nash. So making a global movement not as an entity, because you as GLI, for example, you're a strong organization. we like to support you, but bring in a global voice addressing new possibility, having liver cancer in the attention to the politicians. And then, of course, we have the discussion, OK, how to avoid? The other story is, Roger, I think we were quite successful in a very, let's say, yeah, complex health care system like in Germany. We have managed that since last year. It is mandatory that in your annual checkup, hepatitis B and C testing is mandatory. So it's the only country in the world. So you have it. So means we are able to 2030, when we have our ultimate goal to eliminate hepatitis, we can screen because of this checkup around 40 million Germans. That is a number. And that is a number that I think... Well, when we had talked 12 years before, everyone had said, You're spleeny, you're stupid, you're naive, crazy, but we have managed. And I think one of the components here, Roger, is maybe also. If you think in the policy framework, you normally think on the governmental sector, but let's shrink it down to regional sector, a city sector. So there are politicians as well, similar to what we have done in HIV, similar to what we have achieved in hepatitis C as well, is a kind of micro elimination Make a city a liver-healthy city, something like that, because what we need to establish, and I think that is something we have it, is best practice, but best practice is particular in center. Jörn is doing a lot of press, uh, best practice in this setting. So others is doing. But we need really to create more best practices that can be adopted to other local circumstances. And Roger thinking about to politicians coming back to local politicians. If I have a solution for my region here with a zero invest, but just the commitment of the politician to give his voice and say, "Hey, we need to align now," and all the best practices as a system can be pulled here together. Then I think we have more solutions, and that is something I think we need to think more in a clever way, not top down, but bottom up, to put stress to those top line. Politicians, Hey, on the ground, they have solutions. We can do the same. We must do the same. That is the message. And I think that is something worth to think about.
3: I would echo a lot of that. I mean, especially, obviously, our organizations are already working together on the liver cancer kind of perspective, especially underlining that. But the local side of things is critical. We have our, our liver action network that is a majority U.S., of course, with one uh, Canadian organization. But we're trying to work with them on the local legislators because that is so critical. Because they are many times community based organizations, and how can they best interact with those local offices? A lot of times they're a lot more flexible you know that's the only aspect that i would add as well is that you talk about in a state or in a city uh you know these offices are a lot more flexible in what they can do and a lot more mobile in and pretend- in potentially presenting opportunities for us to influence them and then the last thing i would mention too um we have one advantage as advocacy organizations that many times clinical data cannot provide to legislators and that is again going to back to what we mentioned earlier The use of story, while many times we can't highlight the numbers, because the numbers may be too far out, they may be too large for legislators to grasp or too small or whatever it might be. If you have patients or loved ones or whoever telling a story and making the situation very real for them, these congressional or or you know parliamentary or whoever they might be offices and helping them understand the real problem, that's where you can hopefully influence in the absence of those longer term numbers. You know, going back to that, and obviously we mentioned that earlier, but still it's it's important to
0: reiterate. Uh, I I get In fact, you're you're reminding me of two of the rules that we used to use way back when we did this, the stories beat data every time. And after president, the most important election is mayor. People really care about their local communities. Uh, So all that makes complete sense to me. Uh, I want to do this. We're kind of at the bottom of our hour. So let's take one more question and go around closing question. Andrew, Rahim, Louise, and your question and mine might be a little different. For the three of you, given to our audiences, what's the one thing you would like them to take away that they can do that supports the work that you're doing. And then Jorn, for us, is what's the one that we
2: can do? I can start. Talk to each other. It is really the question of communication. Talk to each other. Bring all the stakeholders, all those who are interested and those who are currently not interested because they are not informed about the issue. Bring them together. And I think so, the more you talk to each other and the more you break down the silos, the more success we have. It is really a question of communication, ongoing communication and passion.
3: You know, I, it's, it's always tough to follow, Achim. You know, I think we've been agreeing so much and so a lot of similar stuff but i think that was going to be really my main point too is that if we can just have everyone talk about the liver more in general you know there's so many times that i've been in meetings with congressional staff and to be honest they can't point out where their liver is and that is just a reality uh that we're facing that is even beyond NASH and explaining what NASH stands for It's that just liver in general. And that is the thing is that let's just talk, okay, liver, let's talk about it, liver health, okay, let's start thinking about that, everyone, if we can just mention it, and I think that very much syncs up with Ahim's point as well, but just let's let's talk liver.
1: I think I'm just going to echo what the guys have said. I think it's something that when I speak to people and they walk through the door, it's this whole thing about it has live in the title. In its name, it says live. There's a reason for that. There's also a reason it was the only organ our body would thought was so important to make it regenerate. It's that important. But to me and and when i talk about it make it fun make it something people get empowered if you know you can do something about it you're empowered there's a reason more people do health checks because they have a risk factor when you talk about it when we talk about liver cancer with cirrhosis they understand that they have a risk factor of of cirrhosis for liver cancer therefore they don't get too anxious about their tests it's something that they're empowered to do so yeah let's talk about it make it easy but actually just know about it to start with everything that goes you do, goes through it, basically.
3: very interesting and I and I think following up with a theme of talking these days there are two ways of talking you know you can make a lot of comments on the internet social media and these things move very fast and I think they're in and out out of um, perception and I think it's important to actually sit down and uh, see people face to face and bring this forward albeit uh, I just learned that there is a liver emoji on, on its way emerging and I think that will be uh, of course can also be a successful factor in, in raising awareness about liver disease and and I think um, while people were talking I was thinking of the term um, a healthy liver is a healthy body or something uh, and you know linking the metabolic liver health to a healthy person. Uh, I think that'll be crucial moving forward. Yeah, so so
0: you're, it's interesting. Your, your last tagline had something to do with where I was where I was headed, which is I talked before about stories trump data every time, but you can actually turn data into stories if you know how to do it. So you have to say, here's how the numbers connect and then make them about people and make them about real things that are, that are tangible. Uh, I think that's the first piece. And that's something this podcast can do a lot more of. And in general, the reason, well, the reason this podcast is, has been around for as long as it has and has done so well is because I think there's actually a thirst for people people think about this stuff. And we learn as time goes by that our audience broadens. We started with patients, paid, went away from patients for a while. We have more patients coming back to us now. We're getting to a place where people want to know more. And the ability for everyone who listens to this, since everyone who listens to this is in some way, shape or form invested in fatty liver disease, to talk about it. And when your friends yawn and go, oh gosh, that's boring. So, well, no, that's boring. And turn, turn it into a person that people know, turn it into a story people can connect to. Help everyone realize how real, how real and how tangible this is in all of our lives. I think the thing we can do best in the two, Andrew, Achim, hats off to you folks who've done a fantastic job of talking about the way you do that. I will tell you when we promote this episode, I'm going to stress in promotion that lots of people think that what you do isn't about them, but they're wrong. It's about everybody who's in this space and it's vitally important. And I think you've, you've done a fantastic job.
1: I was going to say that may also be the reality that every single one of us sitting on the podcast and every one of us is at risk of poor liver health throughout our life at different times so it becomes a reality that it's one of those conditions that everybody can suffer from and that includes us just and just because we know about it doesn't mean that we're not at risk of it that's where advocacy comes in for me and what these guys do is amazing and anything that we can do to help support and drive people to it is absolutely key because that's where they get so much support so hats off to Andrew and Joachim and Donna and the British Liver Trust and any of the societies around the world because that's where the real help comes in.
0: And now, back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. I am off to Barcelona for the Innovations in Nafil Care 2022 Conference. We'll be back next week with a wrap-up episode on this exciting inaugural conference. If you're listening Wednesday night, Thursday, or in Europe, India, and the Middle East Friday morning, you can still register for the virtual link to the Innovations Conference. That link appears on the Surfing Nash website. Until then, stay safe, surf on. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now.